travelling further afield, actually, to Milan now, and I caught up earlier with Sarah Alhamad, who is the author of Sunbread and Sticky Toffee, responsible for the recipes and inspiration for the new date cake range at Cafe Nero here in the UAE. She grew up in Kuwait and spent much of her time learning about cultures throughout through the food that they enjoy. And she has an MA in Middle Eastern Studies from SOAS, which is the University of London, and a BA in Communications from Pepperdine University in California, and spent many years working in publishing in London. Her first book was Cardamom and Lime, Flavours of the Arabian Gulf, in which Indian, Persian and Turkish influences mingle with the traditional Bedouin diet of dates and dairy products. I spoke to Sarah, who's currently in Milan, over the phone and asked her where her love affair with dates began. Well, I think in my case, as in many Khalidis, uh, it starts very, very early on. Um, dates are so intrinsic to our way of life, and I just think, we, you know, you grow up with them on the kitchen table, and, and it, they're really quite, you know, they're, they're ever-present, I think. And so for me, it's, it's always been there. It's always been something, part of my culture. I love them. I love eating them. Yeah, so... But what do you like to do with dates when it comes to your recipes? How would you use dates in your cooking? You know, to be honest, I'm a purist, and I like them just as they are, uh, fresh and just ready to eat. I think it's just, it's the, it's an absolute pleasure just to have a date in your mouth, and, um, it, you know, it's, it's all there. You know, the, the date gives you everything. It gives you sweetness, it gives you nutrition... So for me, I'm quite a purist from that point of view. But I also think that they serve many purposes in the kitchen. And they're very, very good. Uh, it's a very good food um, in, in, on many levels. It, it's good to bake with. It's good to cook with. Um, it, has, it has so many uses, really. I've, I've obviously done a lot of work trying to find out how to use the date in, in baking, in food, generally. So that's also been... Uh, you know, quite an interesting project for me. So you've said that you have memories of enjoying dates with your father with buttermilk. My dad used to always say that, you know, if you're stranded in the desert, all you need is a date and a cup of, you know, milk, whether it's camel milk or goat milk, because really that gives you everything. It's a complete meal in itself. Um, and so that's, it's a beautiful thing, you know, coming from the desert where we have so little vegetation, you know, so few things grow. The beautiful thing that we've been given this tree, you know, almost this miraculous tree that gives you this, this fruit that, that really does provide, you know, on, on many levels. Your second book, Sunbread and Sticky Toffee, date desserts from everywhere. And of course, you draw your inspiration you know you talk about and you write about middle eastern cookery but you know encompassing uh the persian cuisine turkish cuisine under that umbrella and then of course the traditional bedouin diet of dates and dairy products yeah. uh, so with some bread and sticky toffee some of those date desserts that you uh, share through your writing and through your books yes i think i'll definitely start with a sticky toffee pudding oh lovely the, it was it was the seminal recipe for me living in England um, and coming across a, a pudding that had dates uh, in them 
for me, that was such an eye-opener, and it really sparked my imagination, and I wanted to find out more about that recipe and how it came to be. And, you know, England, you don't really associate with dates or really anything coming from, you know, exotic places. So, so that's the recipe that got me started. And I, of course, that was my journey. I started with the sticky toffee, and then I moved on. Uh, of course, I had to go to the UAE, to the Lewa Date Festival, because that's where a lot of, you know, a lot of passion around dates happens in the summer. I also went to Spain um, to, to, again, find out what the Moors did there and how they planted Europe's largest date plantation. California, of course. Um, and California, um, they've done, you know, they've, they've created their own recipes and, uh, you know, they've used a lot of cream cheese, so they've got their cheesecake um, and dates and cream cheese go really well, so I thought that the date cheesecake recipe, um, uh, date smoothies, which are very, very big at the moment, um, again, they're famous for them uh, in a very specific spot in California. So a lot of the recipes came from my travels. And, um, and of course, in the Gulf, the, the date recipes are, are very simple they, because you don't really need to use that much. Um, a date, some flour, some vegetable oil, and you've got a wonderful date uh, fudge. Yeah, and I think this is interesting because, uh, you know, you mentioned sticky toffee and, you know, the different cakes. Dates... They are sweet, so the advantage of using dates in your baking as opposed to other ingredients, what are those advantages? Well, obviously, you, you don't need to use as much sugar when you use dates, um, and it, it's uh, fruit sugar. It, when you're using dates when you're baking, it's fruit sugar, which is better for you. Um, so there's that advantage of, you know, putting, you know, lowering... Uh, the sugar content um, and including, you know, healthier sugars in your baking. So for me, that's a huge advantage in the kitchen, obviously. And you mentioned the Liwa Date Festival, and I read about this festival every year, and I've never been there. Tell me, Sarah, what is it like to attend the Liwa Date Festival? Yes, Liwa, it's it's actually it's fantastic. I I'd never I'd never heard of Liwa until I started researching my book, and then. And then I, I couldn't stop reading about it. And I made this journey down uh, to the south of the Emirates, all the way down south into the empty quarter desert. And um, it's, it's an absolutely beautiful area. It's a green belt, and so it's quite green, and there's a lot of, lots of farms and plantations and people planting all sorts of things. And, of course, the Lewa Festival that takes place every July. And... The beauty of it is that all the farmers in the neighboring area uh, bring their um, bring their um, their harvest of dates, and so you've got you know hundreds of varieties of dates. Everything is fresh. So it was a wonderful opportunity for anybody who's interested in dates, really, and and cultivation and agriculture in in the Gulf generally. Uh, it's a very interesting place. I mean. Farmers from all around the area not only bring their dates, which are impressive, but they, they, they also bring their lemons, their mangoes. Um, there's, it, it's, quite, it's quite an amazing place. And, of course, you can taste all the date varieties that the Emirates produces. You can drink date juice. Uh, you can buy date honey, uh, date soap. It's, it's, it's just an amazing place. And for me, I was just in heaven. 
to explain the differences then, but say from the UAE dates to say dates from California, as in the taste difference or the way they're, they're grown? Well, there, you know, there are hundreds of varieties of dates, but obviously in terms of cultivation, um, there, there are, you know, uh, about probably about a handful of dates that just get cultivated and sold on the market. In California, the date that they've had the most success with, success with is the medjool, which is a quite a large date. It originates from North Africa. Um, it's quite large and wrinkly, um, and the taste is quite caramelly, and um, and it's it's a very it's quite a hefty date. Um, in the Gulf, we don't so much grow the medjool. Uh, the Gulf is more famous for its birhi, its khlas, the smaller dates, the more honeyed dates. So again, depending what um, what works best for your, um, you know, for your uh, the, the, the soil, um, culturally, what people enjoy the most. In the Gulf, we have we have many many varieties of dates that grow, um, and, um, and 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 we're very lucky in that respect. And we can see all around the residences, the date trees around Dubai and the UAE, and they're nesting in their nets. Uh, but of course, yes. they will drop. And to have yes. fresh dates that are served, you know, whether it be at iftar or during Eid, the celebrations being given as gifts, being received yes. for people as they enter the house, it's such a significant staple food for this part of the world Absolutely. so it's very exciting about the book uh, some bread and sticky toffee and uh, of course working with cafe nero and basically you can get be inspired by the cake range that you've put together for this book some bread and sticky toffee and of course dates playing a significant role it's been described that you've put dates the staple food you've raised the date to star status uh, I I really I think it's always been a star. You know, I think people are now just coming around, both in the West, really, really in the West. Uh, in recent years, I've seen it become just more and more. You know, a uh, a power food. You know, people go work out and then they have dates with cashews. You know, they have these energy bars that are full of dates. And I think you know they're just waking up to the to the nutritional benefits of this amazing fruit. Thank you very much for your time today there in Milan. And that's Sarah Al-Hamad. And uh, we will look out for the book that is Some Bread and Sticky Toffee. Thank you very much, Thank Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You can check out Sarah's book, Sunbread and Sticky Toffee. It's published by Interlink Publishing and beautiful pictures taken by Hamad in uh, date producing locations across the globe and inspiring you with recipes at all our bookstores here in the UAE. We have joining me at table Hatun Madani, who has her restaurant from Saudi Arabia, her cuisine, the Jazi cuisine, and her restaurant's at Dubai Marina. It's called Hatun Cuisine. And also joining us is Riyadh. Hamid, who is of Balkis Honey. Now, Riyadh, somebody's texting to say, why is, mm. why is Balkis Honey so expensive? Well, is it really expensive? I, know, I mean, it's the thing about Yemeni honey is, is it's the market kind of price. I mean, we don't really kind of um, add a ridiculous amounts of, of uh, money on it. If you go and buy a premium Sidr Honey um, on the open market, you will, you will see that it's, it's that price range what we're selling it at. Um, 
it's it, like I said, it's a very kind of um, closed um, cottage industry. It's a very difficult. These kind of beekeepers uh, for generations have been taught how to uh, harvest um, the honey. And um, it's a situation of, of what we have to do to actually get it here and filter it and, um, and to try and think of just... Uh, you know, kind of uh, getting it out of the Yemen right now with all the kind of headache and, and the war that's going on now. It's a very, very difficult situation, but but we do it, you know, thank God. So, um, And it's, it's a commodity. We're talking a, about and it's a commodity. olive oil from Greece earlier. Absolutely. And honey is a commodity. It's a commodity and, and raw honey. And what you have is a premium it's the high product. End, it's the high-end premium product. And just why people would say, why is caviar kind of expensive or... Why is, you know, um, a particular kind of, you know, beverage expensive that comes from, you know, kind of France or why, what about this or what about that? It's a commodity and, and, and there's a price and there's a lot of work and effort uh, for, for that goes into actually bringing it and, and, and bringing it to, to, to the masses. And it's, um, so th- there is a price for everything. It honestly isn't any more expensive than... Um, uh, than what's on the market price right now. So, but it is, it's worth every drop um, simply because of the amount of nutrients that you're getting and, and how delicious it is. And um, you're getting something that's completely raw, that's kind of unprocessed and uh, unfiltered in a sense of uh, that it's kind of pure and raw. Dates, that's a commodity of sorts and lots of them. And there are hundreds and hundreds of varieties of dates. Wild dates looks like it's hard to pinpoint looking at the research, but probably evolved around three million years ago as a way for date palms to get animals to eat their seeds, carry them, of course. And uh, date palms, they're the trees. And uh, you think of, I don't know, Africa palm oil. But wild dates probably first grew around the Persian Gulf in what is now Iraq and Iran. Now, when people first left Africa to travel along the coastline towards India, about 60,000 BC, they must have found and eaten wild dates. Um, But for this region, um, do you know much about the history of dates, where they come from, and and also within the Islamic culture, stories around dates? Yeah, I mean, there's a a very rich kind of history of of dates, even in in the Islamic kind of uh, uh, culture. You know, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he used to, a lot of the time, would just survive basically on dates, dates and water. Um, So they are a kind of full, nutritious kind of uh, food. And, um, uh, you know, if there's no other kind of foods available at the time, the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and, and dates were there as a sustenance. And, um, and they would not feel that they've gone without a meal if they, they had dates. So um, they are, they're, they're, they're amazing. They're an amazing uh, fruit. Um, and they have, a, it's very symbolic. It's mentioned, um, you know, in the Quran, even, um, uh, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know, there's verses in the Quran when, um, you know, when when she needed to eat food, and uh, you know there was, uh, and she ate um, dates, and and it's mentioned. I mean, uh, the and throughout the kind of narrations of the prophets, and uh, like I said, so it's it's quite very kind of there's a rich history in the Islamic uh, culture and the Arab uh, in particular. What's interesting, I was reading the article the other day um, that they said. Uh, dates are mentioned like about 50 times in the Bible and like 20 times in the Quran so it's 
it's everywhere. It's mm. not only in, uh, in Quran. It's like yeah. for and everybody. Like, because like anything yeah. with food, it was mm. there. Yeah. So it's going to be part of a social, cultural, religious history. It will be part of the culture. And you can read it through the religious books, through trade as well, and the stories that were passed down. I mean, what I discovered here was the Prophet, peace be upon him's mosque built at Medina around 630 AD was made almost entirely of palms. So the mm. columns the beams the trunks and the thatching and the prayer mats of the leaves and according to one tradition it was at medina that the land was first cultivated by the descendants of, of noah after the flood and it was there that the date was first planted amazing isn't and it it's amazing and 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 it just goes back to how rich and interesting you know the um the history of in the culture and, and how symbolic it is you know with uh, this this food the and and it's 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 been such a um, a big thing of the Arab Middle Eastern kind of kind of life, but it, but when you go into Europe, the, it's really weird because you don't sense this um, this importance. It has this kind of importance in 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 the West, and but I think there's a revival now. There's a, there's a, a revival in the sense that dates are used in so many different ways. They're used. You know now for um, you know in in drinks uh, the molasses which is amazing uh, like we mentioned before it's it's delicious um, and so there's there's a lot of interesting ways of of uh, how you can use this now. Um, well, you think it's true, but I mean I have my point of view. I mean eating dates is is good and it's very nutritious, but I mean you have to eat it moderately. You mm. can't eat overeat. Because then it's full of sugar. Mm. And uh, people get, I mean, this is our nature. We abuse things, you know. When you eat, say, it's healthy. Then you go eat hundreds of uh, dates. This is bad. I mean, you have to eat it moderately, you know. Like, a couple of dates would be yeah. enough for the full day. Yeah, and this is what's so wonderful yeah. that, of course, through storytelling and through the mm. history mm. is that the Bedouin could survive. They would be walking through the desert. And to have the dates would be something that could sustain them. It was sustenance that could... Mm you know keep them going and would keep the body healthy as well so it's, it's a really interesting ingredients a really interesting uh, fruit when you mentioned there about europe riyadh and i was looking at the uk's guardian talking about dates and mm. from europe you know it's not so it wasn't part of our culture mm. really it would have been imported in this food and this is uh, from homer khaliji from the guardian and he, and he writes forget those hard sticky things you get given every christmas at their best dates are an eastern delight and one that more and more chefs are eager to share not for nothing is the medjool known as the king of dates biting through the paper thin skin of a medjool to the juicy sweetness of the flesh beneath it seems impossible that anyone could not appreciate the wonders of dates one of the fruits of paradise in islamic tradition they can be used for everything from omelets to dips and are pretty nutritious to boot so this revival as you're talking about is mm. definitely coming through in places like the uk where it's being respected more and appreciated and used more creatively in mm. cuisine absolutely yeah. absolutely and and uh, and i think uh, what's happening now there's a, a body of evidence of uh, and science to say that these are very super healthy foods you can sustain yourself you know on 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 this you know uh pretty much all day it'll give you the energy it's got that kind of sweetness it's quite it's delicious so you know there's a lot of uh, you know the, the science tells us that it's really good for you it's got fiber and so it's you know good spinach salad with chicken and dates this is one of your recipes Hatun talk us through this dish 
you've chicken got salad spinach okay. salad with chicken yeah. and dates see yeah. I, I like the mixture of sweet and sour so I was like I mean I mean sky's the limit you can salads you can put anything you want I mean I can experiment so the mixture of dates the sweetness and then the lemon juice it's it gives it a nice taste mm -hmm. and then the chicken and the blue cheese and the greens it's a nice nice touch to it You've got really interesting ingredients in your spinach salad. Uh, we've posted this up on our blog as well on the Dubai Today page, DubaiI1038.com. But you've got your dates, you've got apple, you've got chicken breast, you've got yeah. red onion, crumbled blue cheese, you've got pecans there, toasted and chopped, orange vinaigrette, and then your fresh spinach leaves. And yes, that orange, the citrus there, mm. even a sort of little bit of Dijon-style mustard, of course, to help with the dressing sounds delicious yeah, it's really it delicious does. yeah a lot, a lot of I like flavors using, yeah i like using fruits in my salads i use strawberries apples all kind of fruits it's really nice and my guest this morning at table is hatun madani of hatun cuisine in dubai marina bringing you hijazi inspired food from saudi arabia she's a mum of three children and two of your children have a diabetic is that right yeah that's true yeah so how old are they uh 19 and 16 okay yeah, they've been diagnosed uh, about 10 years ago. Yeah, it, it's, it's a journey. It's quite a journey. It changed our, all our lives, I mean, the whole house. Because, you know, before you don't think about, you know, eating healthier as much as, you know, when you have an, uh, an issue. So now everything changed. I mean, I have to cook healthy for the kids and for everybody, of course. Um, and then we learned a lot about the health benefits of food and uh, everything so uh, but i try to keep the taste and uh, i mean everything the same it's a quite challenge and when it's about health and food as well we have at table founder of balki's honey which is real hamid he's also involved in bestro and be supernatural in galleries lafayette so bringing you sort of raw vegan food there at uh, lafayette and uh, in Riyadh, you know we talk a lot you're on the show you're become a regular which i'm <laughs> pleased to say um contributing to discussions uh, but when we're looking at those when you've just come from mecca you've just been in saudi arabia and of yeah. course you know recognizing the holy month of ramadan it's such a special time for you uh mm. how was it for you it was amazing it was really really amazing it was a sp uh, beautiful spiritual uh time and um it's you, you just kind of uh you're just really kind of tranquil i don't know what it is there's a heightened level of tranquility in the atmosphere you know when everybody's kind of around you is doing the same thing and they're all coming to this one amazing sort of place mecca to, and they're all kind of asking god for forgiveness basically that you know they're all they're all come with the same mission that they want to serve um you know the God in, in the sense that they're, they're seeking forgiveness and they want to be in an environment where it's just the history of, of Islam, you know, the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so, you know, it's, it's living those kind of moments in, in spirituality, which, which is uh, beautiful and, uh, and special. And when breaking fast, iftar, you've been eating some of the foods of that land. And of course, for you, Hatun, from there. So what were the foods that you were eating growing up? Um, I mean... I mean, as uh, from Saudi, I mean, meat, as you know, like yeah. a lot of meat, as uh, everybody knows. I mean, GCC area, we know that. Uh, I was raised in Jeddah, like uh, in the port, like the Red Sea, we have a lot of nice fish. So we grew up on fish as well, dates as, uh, as well. Um, actually, yeah, I'm exposed to a lot of different cuisines, uh, which is interesting because in Hijaz, uh, the mixture of... Uh, cultures because of Hajj and Umrah when everybody comes they bring their own cuisine so uh, that's how Hajjazu cuisine came 
came up, you know, because of different cultures, and it was modified to suit our taste buds, and it became like uh, a different cuisine. And with your restaurant, you have that Hijazi food, so the meat and the rices and the different spices, but you also have a home cooking part to your menu. Uh, so they're the kind of foods that you could hope to and expect to to try and eat at. Uh, yeah, exactly. Cuisine. I mean, um, the home, uh, the section where it has the home cooking meals, um, the dishes is like when you read it, I mean, it says, oh, this is Egyptian, this is uh, Iraqi, this is Yemeni. But it's, it's, it's true, but actually it was modified and it's, it's kind of became a Saudi thing, you know, with our own spices in our way, which is anybody can do. If you change in a recipe one little thing and then becomes your recipe, that is completely different. So uh, it's true because you know there's a certain <coughs> I want to say, I was going to say limited uh, selection of ingredients but I hate to say that because as we found more and more as we have with the farmers market on the terrace Riyadh and with Yale at Baker and Spice and mm. how we've explored and and got to know the farmers of the UAE that there's a lot more here than we realize and there's a lot more going on when it comes to farming and food activism than we might realize so it's it, it, we don't want to underestimate the ingredients that we have to hand but what you do have is a similarity across the region so like dates and you know yeah. thinking of you know goat meat and then you think of goat's cheese and you know the different dairies that you have so there are similarities across the region's cuisine yeah it's true um in my restaurant i mean it's, i i try to use as much uh, i mean to please as, uh, as many people as as i can because here the different nationalities so sometimes, I mean, not everybody likes really heavy, heavy uh, dishes. But I mean, my my the way I'm thinking is to to show people the authentic taste of the Hijazi food. Um, so this is how, but it's being served in a modern uh, modern way. Mm. But I want people to know the the authentic taste, and then that's why I mean, for the people who have like don't like the heavy, heavy, heavy dishes. So that's why I have a healthy section as well, and you know. I don't think there's, I, I, I think the, there's always a place for heavy food. <laughs> there's always a place for kind of like heavy carbs. Yep. I mean, it, at the end of the day, the, the, it's it's rice and meat and there's some vegetables in there. And I know, spices. but I mean, some people now they think it's of moderation. Like healthy. They're becoming health freaks now. It's the new trend, being yeah. really healthy and eating. You know, you can have these yeah. kind of things in, in in moderation. I think. That's I think. I think it's that use again of and it, we hear all the time when I'm in the UAE is healthy, healthy, healthy food. Mm. It's just food. Yeah. It's just food. It it's just what should be normal. It's somehow putting the tag word healthy mm. sets it up as being something either that you are. It's demonizing food in a roundabout way, and that's not healthy, actually. And so it's just become a trend word, a buzzword, like it did with the environment. Green, green, yeah, green. Yeah, if we yeah. say green, yeah. it's yeah. worth something. If we say healthy, it's worth something. Well, it may be, but it's also doesn't mean that we shouldn't question and actually under, understand the food, where it comes from and what we're eating. I completely agree. And I, I think, you know, there's sometimes th there are kind of fanatics that it, it's all has to be like all or nothing, you know, that you, you have to be kind of completely organic and raw and vegan, all of that. Or, you, you know, you just kind of or you're not. And if you're not, then, you know, but the, the reality is, that, you know, there's so much amazing variety of food and and there's nothing wrong with having all these different types of foods. And and the, the balance is, is getting a bit of everything. You know, that's yeah. what it's all that's about. That's what I say. I mean, you live once 
enjoy <laughs> exactly. your life, enjoy food. Exactly. Know when it's to say yes, know when yes. to say no, yeah, and yeah. know your body. Yeah. You have a lovely recipe here. We've posted up, all, as we always do on the Thursday brunch, all our recipes are up on the Dubai Today page on the blog post there. Spiced chicken and date delight. So bringing the dates into our uh, recipes again. So you've got your chicken breasts and stock and baby carrots, sweet onions. You'll be pleased to know there's honey in this recipe, <laughs> Riyadh, and yeah. um, some fresh lemon lemon juice dates eight ounces of dates dates chopped then you've got your three cups of cu- cooked rice so what yeah. rice would you use for it's, this uh, basmati rice which is like it's healthy and it's steamed mm. so no oil nothing it's it's quite healthy dishes uh, dish actually you've got ground turmeric in there coriander cinnamon you've got cumin powder cayenne p- ground mm. as well and silvered almonds toasted yeah. so it's a beautiful range of ingredients all put together really look at the recipe online you'll see how to do it i mean it's not difficult mm. But having said that, I can get a salad wrong. You know, if you don't get the chicken mm. prepared right, Absolutely. cooked right, yeah. that all of that, bringing it together and, you know, and also the freshness of ingredients is all important. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I mean, it's the, the spices. I mean, we use all the time. It's, it's funny how it's the same spices all the time. But you do use it differently in every dish, mm. and it comes out completely new dish, completely mm. different taste. And it's the combination of flavors that you're yeah. using with the with these the spices. The honey, lemon, and sweetness. Yeah, I mean, all those spices, combinations yeah. sounds amazing. Really, yeah. you just kind of mouthwatering these So, like, these you caramelize the onion and with the dates and the lemon and honey, it's really nice. Wonderful. Yeah. It's the Thursday brunch, and we've been talking all about dates this morning, and really, hopefully, inspiring you with ideas for iftar and sahur through the holy month of Ramadan. And with my guest this morning, I have Hatun Madani. Now, and alongside there, regular really becoming part of the furniture now I think is Riyadh Hamid from Balki's Honey now I'm not going to ask you this because the first time you came on the show you had this question Riyadh but something we ask everybody the first time they come on the Thursday brunch is about their food fantasy now this could be absolutely anything Hatun it could be maybe a memory of food it could be a place you want to visit it could be a recipe you want to try or prepare absolutely anything Hatun Food fantasy. What is your food fantasy? It's always been my fantasy to travel the world and uh, explore all uh, different kind of cuisines, go to the small villages and learn about the uh, authentic food and the ingredients and the spices and how they use it. Uh, Spices are everywhere. But, I mean, each country uses it differently. And it's very interesting to travel the world and learn and have the knowledge of all different cuisines and then come back and modify it and uh, do it like something that suits our taste buds here in this region with our food. And you can come up with something completely new. This is something very interesting. Um, I write a column for Good Magazine and this month I was talking about similar to that really in that when you travel I've been doing a lot of traveling this year and I've been to some amazing countries and it's most of the trips have been to do with food and for this show and more of those stories you'll hear over the, the summer and that when you do travel when you come back I like to bring a little piece with me so I've just been to the UK and uh, near to where I grew up and my mother was very keen for me to go there is uh, Colston Bassett which is the home of Stilton 
cheese. So I've brought some Stilton cheese back to the UAE and I'm actually giving it to Chef Izu actually at La Serre because um, he met my mother and my mother wanted to gift him with some cheese. So that's going to Chef Izu. If you're listening, Chef, that's coming to you this weekend. Uh, But also I was writing about how don't we like to, when we get home, maybe experiment and try some of the ingredients, some of the recipes we've eaten over wherever we visit and bring it into our home here. Um, I just recently was in France at the cookery school and learned about double baked goat's cheese souffle. So I want to do that in my kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm falling off my chair here. Blinking. I'd love some of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So after Eid, you're welcome to my house and we'll try. Yes. Thanks so much. I can't wait. But isn't it? It's it's wonderful what we can learn and how we can then, you know, and I guess this is what's been happening for centuries. Food and ingredients have been passed down and handed through trade, through travel and through cultures. Yeah. I traveled to Morocco last year. Uh, for work and I was uh, exposed to the Moroccan cuisine which I love but I never knew how or what kind of spices they're using it was amazing it's completely different than what we use here Mm. and I got some spices with me because I was so fascinated with the spices they have and they have different names and then I came here and I started exploring and it was absolutely amazing and you just start thinking and becoming creative like the tagine meat tagine with the prunes Mm. and you can exchange Mm. the prunes with dates yeah Yeah. and the pastilla that would be amazing the pastilla you know with the the chicken what's that yeah it's this beautiful kind of um, like a pastry on the outside inside is kind of stuffed with with chicken and and and, um, almonds um, and some some cinnamon, and then they kind of drizzle it with with honey, <laughs> powdered <laughs> sugar, at, at cinnamon. End, yeah, at the end, and it's and it's yeah. just amazing. It's just really phenomenal. Well, uh, you know, that, what the, Sarah was mentioning earlier about in California and dates and how popular they are there, but uh, using dates and cream cheese, and you were talking about, what was the dessert you were talking about, um, Riyadh? Yeah, I mean, um, the des- well, I mean, well, when I was in Saudi Arabia, they were having this um, dates, basically, they would scoop with the, this beautiful kind of clotted cream, and they, it's very simple, but the taste of it was just, I mean, it was, honestly, it was... Beautiful, really, really delicious. And tahini as well. Dates and tahini as well. That's another one, which is, again... Quite an interesting Saudi thing. Very it's also nice. Iraqi, Iraqi nice, as yeah. well. And a lot it of it fills Iraqi. you up really, it is, really. It's filling, but yeah. the taste combinations and yeah. you know, it's it's uh, it's just delicious. Well, there you go. I hope lots of ideas for Sahur and Iftar and celebrating that fruit of paradise, which is the date. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for spending time with us today, as well as fasting and talking about the food, which I <laughs> really appreciate. And uh, so today we've had at table Hatun Madani from Hatun Cuisine which you can find in Dubai Marina we've posted up the details on our website to find out where you are and uh, serving Hijazi inspired food from Saudi Arabia we didn't get to talk about Everest goodness oh, did yeah. you did you eat dates when you went up to Everest Base believe Camp believe it or not I mean every morning we used to wake up 6 in the morning I have 7 7 using like odd number mm. uh, Ajwa Ajwa uh, dates every morning and it would make me go walk for like good nine ten hours wow. it really gave me the energy to walk amazing yeah. well what a feat well done for that and just goes to show what a power food it is alongside and uh, we have riyadh 
Hamid and of course Balkis Honey another power food as well so um, Jess good morning to Jess where have you been she says I know it's been a long time how's honey from dates made well it's not yeah, no there isn't there isn't any kind of not that I know of and I've kind of researched it but there isn't any uh, it's really kind of more inspired the the flavour where you know you kind of putting the, the dates to be kind of infused chopping it up and getting it infused in, in the honey and then the, the kind of taste rubs off into the, the, the honey almost kind of like marinating it mm. and it's delicious especially if you have it with um, like yogurts Greek yogurts and or even some uh, nice ice cream 